0: Just because they're more important doesn't mean that they get a better deal. See, that's an important thing, okay? My daughter is extremely important to me. Does that mean she gets everything she wants when she wants it? Of course not. So is it not the same thing? What? Okay, you're better than, uh, 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 this person's better than me. Consider them more important than yourself. That doesn't mean that I allow them to go break the law. That doesn't mean that I allow them to go do things. See, there's a, there's a distinction between importance and regulation or importance and what's right. Two separate things.
1: Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys. So today, I get to be here with Robert Bean, the man who had contracts with Netflix and a lot of different tech companies helping them grow and develop, and and he actually has taken his talents to the real estate field. So we're going to get to do a lot of conversing today about business development. Maybe you've been listening to some podcasts, you've been thinking, gosh, I'd like some insight from outside the industry, some new knowledge, some new information. This episode is going to contain that. Plus, he's got a cool group called Agent Mafia. We're going to dive into that as well. So guys, if you're listening and you want some fresh ideas on business, this is going to be the spot to be. Robert, take us into it. What was it like getting a contract with Netflix? How did you do it, and how did it play out?
0: yeah well first of all it's not as glamorous as it sounds usually when you get a contract with a big billion dollar company like that it's because you have a contract with someone else and that someone else has a contract and in that contract there's something they need you to do for them so it's a lot less sexy and glamorous as it sounds and uh and then there's a lot of political uh crap that goes into it so it's actually awful i'm gonna be real with you it's terrible <laughs> Uh, Not saying they're terrible. The process is just terrible because now you've got two billion-dollar companies coming to work together, and then you have the hierarchy of everyone wants an opinion about everything that's going on. And then from my side of things, I'm kind of like that peacemaker where I would come in and say, okay, what's the problem? How do we fix this problem? And then everybody just wants to put their opinion, and you're like, this is exhausting. Can we just go straight to fixing the problem? (laughs) And then you can give me your opinions after. So it was really awesome because I'd get access to things that you'd never imagined. I'd get to see the inner workings of these companies that all of us know and use. And you go, like, you know, you're kind of curious. Like, how do you work? How does the process go? So that was really awesome. Um, it was really enjoyable to see that. I got to meet people from Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which was awesome. I got to work with major gamers, uh, streamers, like... Uh, I got to help plan a giant convention i got to f- fly all over the u.s to to represent companies at, at pax and and comic-con so i i enjoyed the public facing side of it a ton a ton and i i really enjoyed uh, uh getting to work with all those different companies
1: and it sounded like
0: your role in there often came when companies were merging is that fair uh, No, it, it sounds that way, but it, it, really what it was is that I came in and worked with one particular company as they were merging with another, and in that just kind of helped to facilitate. I had great leadership. I always want to give credit where credit's due. Um, uh, I don't want to lift myself up any higher than it should be. So I had great leadership too who sh- showed me the ropes, and then together we just kind of figured out how do you bring two great companies uh together to produce a product because you got you know it's you got old habits um from both sides you've got seniors on both sides right and so then it's like well well who's the boss (laughs) who's the decision maker and then who do you actually need to listen to (laughs) so it's a very delicate and honestly it's a very fragile process there's there's a lot of pride involved right especially if you're the company that's being absorbed Right. So, but 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 the process was awesome. It was a lot of work. It takes a long time for people who don't know merging. generally takes years. Um, the process on paper might take months, but the actual process of merging will often take years uh, to complete. But if you navigate it well, there's actually that's one of the best times for change. Yeah. Right. Because, because neither. Already side, yeah. Well, and neither side wants to give in to the others. Yeah. Okay, just being real, right? Well, no, my side's the best. No, my side's the best. And you come in and you be like, hey, listen, neither of you want to agree with each other. How about we try this way? Yeah. And then you meet in the middle and then there's this kind of like neutral ground. And that's where some real amazing things can happen.
1: And essentially both companies get the benefit
0: of change. Exactly. Without feeling like they were defeated by the other.
1: How, like in your experience with mergers, how many of them would you say went well where both companies are better off? And
0: how many of them didn't? Well, that's a very objective statement, right? Because it's like, what does well mean? Yeah. Um, and also benefit. Here's what I'll say. Um, humility makes everything better. And the companies that were the most humble and, and willing to adapt and grow, typically adapted and grew. Uh, the companies who felt that they knew it all and disregarded the opinions of others, generally struggled severely and and suffered for it, right? Even if their sales didn't decline or even their sales went up, that doesn't mean that the company, in my opinion, is doing well because sales are only one measure of a company's success. Just like you meet a rich person, guess what? They can still be depressed. they can They can still struggle. They can still be miserable people. So I don't know if that kind of answers your question.
1: Yeah, they might be winning the revenue game and losing the culture game, or or losing the overall positioning game in the market, or you know, number of different things. So let's talk about how this experience translate, translates to real estate.
0: It just makes me so happy. Like I'm like, here we go, here we go. So um, the, the, it's a it's a loaded gun question, right? And I've got a, a million rounds of ammo. So. I gotta save that one. Put that in sound. Keep, (laughs) keep
1: keep dropping them, man. Keep dropping
0: them. I got you. I got you. I'm just gonna pull out my notepad, and uh, here we go. Here we go. Next one. Right. Drop a beat. (laughs) We start rapping on here. So what happened was is that um, I'm very transparent about my beliefs. I'm a Christian, which means, and I mean a real Christian. I gotta call it out. Which means I believe in serving others, uh, even when it's inconvenient for myself. And so what happens is is that I started serving these companies. And I realized they didn't really care about me and I'm and I'm I'm speaking objectively and I and you know if someone from the previous companies is like I was always good to Robert hey listen I'm not talking about you right objectively corporate companies do not care about the the the, the lowly guys at the bottom or even the some of the guys at the top the, the moment you're not their greatest asset it's very abundantly clear uh, and for better or for worse right so what happens is, is I said okay God I've got a unique set of skills. I'm young. I'm one of the youngest people to sit in these types of boardrooms as far as I knew because I was in a bunch of them, and most of them were people a lot older than me. Uh, but what do I do with the skill set? And I felt like he was saying, Robert, just go and serve people directly. Don't go through a middleman, a billion-dollar corporate company because it's just – by the time it gets to those people, there's going to be nothing left. So – um, so what I did is I, I went in, I researched industries. I had no draw towards real estate, none. I didn't grow up with real estate agents or a real estate family or nothing like that. So there was no background behind that. I looked at becoming a welder. I looked at, like, I just looked at every industry you could imagine and say, where do I think it can make the biggest impact? And I'm sure you know, once you start researching the data on, on financial impact in people's lives, nothing comes even remotely close to real estate. Nothing comes close. So I said, well, man, I have a high level understanding of contracts. When I say I negotiate, I've negotiated where things are actually a negotiation. It's not just a counteroffer. I always tell agents a counteroffer is not a negotiation, right? That's You're a not live in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Negotiation is is so much more of almost unspoken at times. It's how things are done, not necessarily what is done. And so I like that. There you go. Save that one. Um, So I'm like, okay, I'm good at that. I'm good at that. Um, I know how to run businesses, right? And so I can take these skills. And if I can help someone with real estate, what I'm really doing is helping them financially. And if I can help them financially, I know that overall, what's the number one reason people get divorced? Communication. Number two? finances. So literally, if I can just help them, I can even help directly influence the likelihood of someone getting divorced. The power of real estate is unbelievable when done right. And so real estate just made the most sense where I could just make the biggest impact in other people's lives.
1: Before we carry on, I want to take a side note here and go into negotiation. Like, if, If you were to quickly summarize on negotiation or is there somebody out there like a chris voss that you kind of like who, who what would your style be most most close to
0: chris voss yeah. <laughs> actually um i had the pleasure of working uh with black swan uh his mm. company and uh he definitely he he basically took the principles of jesus okay and then he put them in business language that's the way i feel like because when you read chris Voss's stuff. And then if you, you, you read what Jesus says, bro, you got like very similar beliefs. And so, so for me, I resonated a lot with that because there's a lot of different tactics to negotiations. The other thing that I like about Chris Voss and why I I believed in his style is it, it, it exudes humility. It exudes humility. It's very much listen to them and actually understand what they're saying, communicate it back to them. Right. Just do these very basic principles to show someone that you care. Go to How to Win Friends and Influence People. Very similar. Chris Voss has very similar things uh, to Carnegie, and so um, I would say his style is definitely one of the biggest inspirations um, behind what the way that I negotiate.
1: And there's some really powerful stuff in his book. Now, you know, never split the difference. As far as like, how do you handle an aggressive person? How do you handle, you know, like there's there was just especially through his use of story, there was really like it was able to connect with some of those concrete ideas. So I want to dive into two things. I guess one one, I do want to dive, I mean, you mentioned your faith and you mentioned Jesus and and how his teachings were essentially similar to the negotiation process. Are you able, and and if you can't, it's not a big deal, but are you able to pinpoint uh, parables or verses exactly that illustrate that?
0: Easily, right? Now, I won't be able to quote the exact Uh, verse and chapter, but if you were to Google what I'm about to say, it will be very easy for you to go uh, find it, okay? Consider others more important than yourselves. That alone. Chris is, And then now we go into the Chris Vasta. Okay, well, what does that mean in in negotiations? That means that you look at the other side and you say, this is important to them, and I'm going to honor that. I'm going to try to be considerate of that. I'm not going to consider that I'm the most important person in this process of negotiation. I'm going to consider that th- what's being negotiated is very important to everyone involved. And so my words and my actions reflect that, right? Uh, another one. So uh, addressing the negative, right? So that's, Can I
1: play devil's advocate? Yes, pun intended. yes do it. Do it. Uh, okay. So I'll play devil's advocate here. So let's talk about uh, – putting others above yourself, right? So obviously that puts you in a place where people want the law of reciprocity, et cetera, it creates for the dynamic for great relationship. But oftentimes I see people that put others above themselves and it's they just get walked on. Mm-hmm. So so maybe give extensive context of how how do you do that and not get walked on?
0: Okay, so this is super important and I'm really glad that you said this, okay? So again, a lot of this is gonna be faith-based. If you're a true Christian, and for it those means, out
1: there that, that maybe are listening okay. and, and are not in a position of faith, the principles here still apply, right? Obviously Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Rob, Robert's a Christian, and so we're, we're expounding these principles, but,
0: but the principles will apply either way. Go ahead. And I teach just so everybody's clear. I coach hundreds of agents, many of different faiths or no faith at all, okay, who still apply the principles and see success. So I want to make that abundantly clear while I'm open where it comes from. Uh, The principles remain true whether you have the same source from them or not. Um, So a good example, right? Not getting walked on. Fine line. Okay. And we'll keep it in the business context, I'm assuming, the best place to keep it. Okay. So (laughs) let's say I'm representing you, Matt, and and, and I'm your agent, and we're working on a deal, and there's an agent on the other side. Okay. Allowing – at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if I get walked on. Okay, because the reality is there's a bigger picture going on here. What's more important is what's best for my client. So I'm not actually getting walked on. When I'm doing what's best for my client, because my job is to represent the highest and best interest of my client, not the highest and best interest of myself. So in that context, I'd argue that being walked on is done to yourself when you do a poor job. At representing your client at the highest level, because you ain't walking on me if I'm winning on my client's behalf.
1: So let's talk about how you, as the agent on your client's behalf, is negotiating with the other agent on the other client's behalf. Do you still apply the same principles of think of others above yourself?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So how does it,
1: how does that leverage? So so how does that leverage in in the context of say price negotiations or term negotiations?
0: Yeah. So part of it is just because they're more important doesn't mean that they get a better deal see that's an important thing okay my daughter is extremely important to me does that mean she gets everything she wants when she wants it of course not so is it not the same thing what okay you're better than uh, uh, this person's better than me consider them more important to than yourself that doesn't mean that i allow them to go break the law that doesn't mean that I allow them to go do things. See, there's a, there's a distinction between importance and regulation or importance and what's right, two separate things. The importance means that my ego is not getting involved so I can be objective. When you don't consider others more important than you, you cannot be objective because your ego gets in the way. How does You're, your, how does
1: your uh, putting others above yourself manifest in reality? Like, What does that look like?
0: Yeah, first and foremost, it's how we talk about others. It's how we look at them, think of them, consider them. If you're the agent on the other side, I'm going to be as considerate as I can of you. I'm going to reaffirm. I'm going to assume that we can come to a positive conclusion. I'm going to assume that there is an opportunity here to get something better than either of us ever imagined. Right. But if I've already said I'm better, I'm more important, I've actually already put a ceiling on possibility because it's limited to my understanding of what we can do. But when I say, man, I don't know, Matt might have something. That dude may know what something. We get to explore opportunities that wouldn't have existed and come to a potential. So how it actually manifests each other is is how I talk to others, the words that I use. Of, again, go to Chris Boss. affirming, affirming a lot of what they're saying, listening to them, being considerate of what their client's needs are as well, and thinking about that. Writing offers that are clear and concise and respectful. And when I say respectful, I mean, as, a, as an experienced agent, you will learn things that people do that are spiteful, and you know it's spiteful, or you know it's lazy, right? Well, that's definitely not considering someone more important than yourself. That's intentionally putting them down, demeaning them, right? So, so I don't know if that exactly explains it. I, I hope it does, but I can go into more. You've got great questions, so. So let's let's kind of
1: wrap a bow on it, and you can agree or disagree with my summary of it. But basically, it's it's kindness. It's it's making positive. It's like viewing the positive in the other person and stating it. It's considering everything the other person says. As if it's true, at least for a moment, and then it's still standing very firm in the fact that you are representing your client and there's an objective they need to meet. And so Mm -hmm. your kindness is not at the expense of the objective, right? It's just when you're putting the other person above yourself, it's just – it's the humility to say they might know something, and it's the kindness that's displayed that I will seek and find the things in them that are worth commenting on.
0: Yes, and I'll put it a different way. Let me wrap it up for you, Okay. I believe that the best pursuit is the pursuit of the truth in a respectful and humble way, but you never compromise on the truth, right? The contracts are truth. Your legal representation are all truths, verifiable truths, right? If you have a belief and you believe that Jesus is who Jesus is, then you have an undeniable belief in that truth. And so when you pursue that, That's what opens up doors, but it also creates a barrier. It creates guidelines. It creates fence posts to stay within. So that's where you get that delicate balance. But everything within those, you're going to be much more of a servant's heart mentality than a bulldozer coming through.
1: Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, Many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of 7-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us, and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Totally. So take us into these other verses, these other parables.
0: Yeah, okay, so... Um, One of them would be, do not concern yourself with tomorrow because today has enough worries. Now you might be like, well, okay, Um, how does that apply? Well, some of the reasons why, you've heard of scarcity mindset, okay? You know this, anybody who's a good real estate agent, and I do mean good, um, will understand that scarcity mindset is a terrible tactic or a terrible mindset to allow. Well, what, what God's saying in that verse, to my understanding, I want to make abundantly clear I am not God, um, and so God did not come down to me and say, Robert, let me tell you exactly what this verse means. Okay, So I want to make sure everybody understands. But what I understood from that verse is that God says do not have a scarcity mindset, keeping it in business context. Do not have a scarcity mindset. Do not try to rip people off. Do not try and… Um, bulldozer or bully people into something that's more favorable for you. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And and so when we look at this, don't worry. Well, most of the time when agents are making mistakes, it's because they're afraid. They're afraid of what might happen if they don't squeeze every penny out of someone. They're afraid of what it means to consider what Matt's saying versus and just listening to you versus just saying no i'm shouting at you here's how it's gonna go it's my way or the highway don't worry just focus on what you're doing today focus on that and you're gonna have a lot more peace and i guarantee you if you focus your heart and soul into getting the things that you need to be that need to be done today you're gonna see a lot more success than worrying about what might happen tomorrow right yep keep going okay next one and this falls perfectly with it now just because you're not meant to worry about tomorrow does not mean you're not meant to prepare for tomorrow two separate things God says to store up grain so that in times of famine you have something to eat actually I think he believe more says that you have something to feed the cattle in other words you have something to sustain yourself well that's a good business principle for anybody to follow Right is is to not live paycheck to paycheck if you can avoid it. Um, he also says to avoid debt. That's another verse. He also says if you can reasonably can forgive your debtors, uh, forgive those uh, that are in a disadvantage. Now that one's not a very popular thing, right? But it's a great lesson that my mom taught me too. She said never loan money out to someone in, in, with the expectation you're going to get it back. She said because you're setting yourself up to go literally against what human nature is. And so she says, the moment you give anything away, whether it's a loan or a gift, be prepared to be separated from that forever because you are compromising that. Once it's out of your possession, right? You leave yourself vulnerable to that. So wise words from my mom, which also comes from the Bible. Another one is just to be wise with your money. So, the story of the talents, I'm sure a lot of people, even if you don't know the Bible, you've heard that story. You know, the master gives his slaves several talents. He says, go invest them. Investing. Seriously, investing. God is a huge proponent for investing money. Huge. And he skills. Had... What? And skills. Skills, skill sets, sales, negotiations. Man, like. Uh, being uh, proactive about things right he is absolutely all for f- risk and reward reasonable risk and reward let me mem- correct myself reasonable risk and reward so um i don't know that was 4 or 5 right there again anybody just take the line that i said google it and you'll the verse will come up cuz most of them are pretty pretty huge verses so negotiation
1: is such a foundational skill set because one i mean so much of what we do in life and how that goes is based on these, the expectations that are created and the, you know, the agreement that's made. What are some of the other skill sets that you've
0: learned uh, along the way? Um, pertaining to real estate? Yeah. More specifically? Well, so I, you know, I think negotiation, just to be clear, I think negotiation is in everything that we do. I tell agents, negotiation starts in your brand it starts before matt and i and he's the agent on the other side negotiations started before matt and ever i ever had our first conversation Negotiations started then because what happens is is that the way that i live is a conversation that other people are listening in on right basically everybody's eavesdropping anybody within your vicinity that can see what you say hear what you say see what you do negotiations have started so i want to make that abundantly clear negotiations aren't like we're in the boardroom, slamming our hands down on the table, saying, "No, not 1.2 million. It's 1.5 million, and I'm gonna get it." No, I believe that negotiations start with literally the way you live. Okay. All right. So now moving on to that, but beyond that, uh, other skill sets that I've learned, whether it was prior or during, does it matter? Any time time frame? Any time frame. Okay. Uh, I definitely think learning to study the market and analyzing data and reports. And again, I had kind of a background in that, but real estate took it to a whole new level. I run a show called Scale Through the Fail. We go live every Friday at 9 a.m. Central. And I talk about real estate news, noise, and what's next. That's kind of our catchphrase. And I believe that studying what's happening in economics, uh, mortgage-backed securities, What does that even mean, MBS? And how does that impact interest rates? And how do those interest rates impact this? And what should we be looking for? I believe studying and learning about the market, looking at your local data, right? I teach a a class locally once a month uh, called uh, the the Tennessee Real Estate Update, where I teach it, because that's where I'm in Tennessee. And I teach about what the local data month over month is telling us. Not what the news is telling us, because the numbers don't lie. Right, So insert news channel here is saying this, but the numbers say the polar opposite. I'm going to go with the numbers because the numbers are people putting their 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 money where their mouth is. Right? Totally. Yeah. Oh, home prices are dropping. Really? Because month over month, I, I, and in fact, for the last five months straight, we still have seen an incri- increase in my state uh, on home prices overall in the MLS. That doesn't sound like a crash to me. So studying Don't- the data… Uh, super important just having a fundamental even just a basic rudimentary understanding right i taught an agent uh, I asked an agent the other day okay do you know why i don't use averages over median it's important now i didn't know it was important just to be clear guys i didn't know until i knew that's why well, I you're going to you're going to get me geeking out cuz my degree is in math so oh dude so you know especially why in real estate we would choose median almost Correct. every single time oh, over 100%. average yeah, and, and it's like not even a contest. Um, and in fact, if average is brought up in real estate, throw it out nine times yeah. out of ninety-nine percent of the time. Throw it out. So, and I know
1: that I know the love of math is not high for most people. So just to bring clarity, averages can can allow for huge volatility, where median shows where the points are. So if you're if you're looking at making a decision on how market's moving, you want to know like where are the majority of the cluster points, where where, and that's going to help you. Have way less air
0: in your analysis Yep. so learning to study the data at a very meticulous level but even just having a basic understanding because to be honest I, I you know part of what i teach in this monthly class right is i go to agents and i see at the end of the at the end of the day every single one of us should always be able to answer two questions and it's roughly the same question twice why is now a good time to buy and why, why is now a good time to sell If you can't answer those questions, why would anyone ever work with you? I believe not only should you be able to answer those questions, but you should be able to answer them with data, with facts, and leave your opinion as far away from it as possible. Well, how are you going to know that unless you study? And that's where you go and teach it. If you can turn around and teach someone, right? Even, and it has to be consistent too, because the trends is what we learn from. Month over month doesn't help if you didn't know what happened the last three months. It doesn't tell us, but when patterns are formed, we can establish it. That's how I know the last five months, we have seen an increase in sales price. That's how I know, even though there's been a decrease. So let me give you an example. Uh, December last year, uh, uh, minus 46% uh, decrease, right? Uh, In homes being listed on the MLS. (gasps) Oh no, the market's crashing, right? Okay, but here's what happened. Okay, January, decrease of, 36% 36% year over year. Interesting. Next month, 22%. I see people were scared, not listing as much. So even though it's negative, and if you just took it at one piece by itself and not in context, <laughs> kind of like the Bible, you're going to be led astray. It's not going to make sense. It's going to sound crazy or polarizing. Ah, it's all bad. Actually, it's really positive. What we're seeing is a trend leading towards people believing and trusting and having an optimistic outlook and being able to go to your client and teach them that and they go, oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's really positive. I'm like, yeah, you want to be ahead of positive or behind it? I'd rather be ahead. I'd rather be the top.
1: <laughs> well, and this this is where that analysis really can help because if you know the market's trending upwards, right? you give better advice to your clients you get as an investor you invest better so i want to ask a question about you mentioned earlier on uh, about how like we we can't worry we can't take advantage of others out of our fear and greed let's talk about investing when people are buying properties way below their value how how do you if at all like think through reconcile that element of making a lot of money in a particular transaction, oftentimes at the potential expense of somebody's distress.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna try and do this objectively without bringing my Christian Christian faith into it because I sure. think that um, this is a really good question. You all, dude, by the way, your questions are amazing.
1: Thank you, I appreciate it. They that.
0: are so deep and like intricate to where like, honestly, I could see the average person come on here and sweating a little bit because they're oh, like oh crap right. like like he's i he's going to call me on the things i claim to be which by the way don't claim it if you're not it like you yeah, well, you said you were real so and and i meant it right and yeah. i meant it i really do mean that i literally have a book right here called we're all liars nice that i wrote um because uh, the prevalence of lying so anyway um okay so so your question about um investing and, and and essentially you know given the scenario hey I really need to sell well uh I'm gonna buy us a super cheap price right so here's the thing remember about considering others more important than ourselves it starts there what's this person's need what's important to them now again that doesn't mean that they're gonna you're gonna overpay right God tells us to be wise and shrewd businessmen so clearly that and god does not co- contradict himself okay so so there's got to be some understanding the difference i just have to emphasize that to people right because if you just leave it at just everyone's more important than you well great well then i guess i'll give my food to my kids i'll give it to someone else's kids and not feed my children and i guess i just won't wear clothes and have utility bills paid and i'll just what right there's a ridiculousness to this so anyway um so looking into that you look at their needs And then you just tell them the truth and to be honest i don't think a lot of these things would be as controversial if people weren't so afraid of just telling someone the truth okay and that goes on all spectrums but we'll stick on the investing one matt you come in um you you have a home say it's worth 200k uh i'm I'm an investor i want to make a profit on it obviously i want to make as much money as i can from it obviously here's the thing though if you're diving deep into the details and I learn certain things, okay? Learn truths. I don't I don't mean opinions. Don't take people's word by the way. Um just learn the truth. Seek the truth. And I find out that you're in the red. You're already in a bad situation. For my conscience, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to look at this and say, "Okay, am I going to do a charity case?" If I'm doing a charity case, I'm not worried. I know what my threshold of what I can offer you is, which, by the way, I have absolutely done. I've had cases where I looked into someone's situation. I absolutely wanted to make a ton of money. But then as I uncovered documents, learned more about what's going on, I realized they're in a bad situation. And so I did a charity case that doesn't happen often, by the way, um, because most of the time they're not in that situation. So then so so now we're moving that one. I have to put that out there. Now we remove that one for everything else. I'm just going to disclose exactly what is available and paint a very clear picture of the opportunities and the options that they have. Now, I am licensed, so telling the truth favors me. I I don't – it doesn't have to be just a wholesale deal. I can turn around and list it. I can refer it out. I've taught – I've helped clients that I could have got them to sell sooner, but it was a tax advantage if they waited a little bit longer. So I taught them how to do an STR from it and make a little bit of money, still move away. I've, I've taught those things, and I believe long-term I win out in the end. So just d- disclosing it, I think, uh, opens up the opportunity. Hey, Matt, listen, here's the thing. I'll buy your home, 150 It's worth 200 if you list it. Here's the pros and cons of each uh, one of these options. What works for you? And then you're going to say one, and I'm going to be like, okay, but let's make it clear. Do you really understand? Let me break this down for you again. Right? I have people reaffirm what I said to them. I do. Cuz I want to sleep easy at night. I don't want I don't want that burden. And I want cuz this will inevitably happen for anybody who invests it inevitably happens. I don't when someone comes back to me and says, "You screwed me over." I want to know the truth. And the truth was I went through great lengths to make sure they understood. At the end of the day, they are an adult. And if they choose not to, if they don't understand and they make a decision, even though you've given them every opportunity, that's on them. They made a decision to be willfully ignorant. <laughs> I can't help you there, bro, right? That's your decision, you go do your thing. So uh, the simple, the simplest thing is just be very clear and objective in how you lay it out. And one of the easiest ways to do that, by the way, is to create a, a, an actual pros and cons list and then have other investors pick it apart to know that you're not creating a biased list. And then you use that as your base when you're showing them the different options, wholesaling and assignment, um, renting and, owning selling right all the different options listing traditional off-market deals right and a lot of them will go under a couple categories but i'm saying when am going to get into the details so that's how you kind of protect yourself too because i do have a bias i am selfish i have things that i want i want to win i want to make a ton of money absolutely but that's why even in god's word it says go back to the bible you know why because we'll be led astray we'll forget the the the, the lines become blurred so go back to your sheet of principles of what's a good deal what you offer what the pros and cons are go back to that and you protect yourself you protect yourself because you're holding yourself to the standards that you believe in
1: what is your vision for your life and
0: business in the next 12 to 18 months 12 to 18 months i have a book coming out with that book is an nft series with that nft series is a special collector's box that you can win along with that with that is if we raise the funds that I want to raise from it, will be a full cast audiobook. With that full cast audiobook, will also be a full album based off moments within the book that you cannot find within the story. It is only on that album. That's the next. Uh, well, that's going to be the next few months, but that will consume a lot of my time. That's tell, me, tell me more about the book. Uh, it's a fantasy book. It's called Fire's Hourglass. And it is, a, uh, it is a big fantasy story. I mean, I can read you the, uh, the description uh, if you want it. If you don't, it's okay. I just, I don't want to butcher it. So if it's like, hey, give me the, the rundown on it. Okay, let me actually pull up the Google Doc or we can talk about it later. Well,
1: the thing I, I'm I most curious about is like, I mean, is there anything that you don't do? I mean, you're a negotiator, you're in business. Like you have these very analytical skill sets, and then you're writing a fantasy book. Like that's, that's wild.
0: So I've written six books, um, and, and so we have ones like We're All Liars. I wrote a book called Today I Pray. Um, I just write whatever's on my heart. At the end of the day, though, I, I still really only do one thing, okay? I really only do one thing. It's just expressed in a multitude of ways. But I turn around and I build things that I believe will serve others. That's all I do. And so wherever that – wherever God leads me with that, that's where I pursue. I've been working on uh, this project. It's called Exosia, which my book series falls in line with that, but a bunch of other of my more uh, fantasy and fictional stuff. I've been working on that for 16 years, 16 years. Um, it is a long time. It is. Uh, and so like I do that, but then I have multiple real estate companies, but it all fits in part of my mission of going out. Providing for my family to the greatest capabilities I can, providing for others, serving others to the greatest capability I can. The more money I make, the more money I can give. Totally. And money does solve a lot of problems. It doesn't solve all of them, but it absolutely, if someone's hungry and you can feed them by buying them food, that does solve the problem. Now, will it solve the problem of why they were hungry? No, that's a different conversation. But, man, I'll tell you what, as someone who has been dirt poor, where I had to choose between groceries and a heat, uh, turning on the heat, the moment I actually made good money, I cried because I could actually help people beyond just prayers. And and 100%. and God tells us, if you have enough to give, give. 100%. And the moment I had stuff to give, dude, I'm getting emotional now. I'm like, dude, I can actually – I could do more. Yeah. And that feels so good. Totally. Robert, thank you so much
1: for coming on and sharing about your life and your business, your faith. I know a lot of people are, are scared to share the things that are most important to them, and particularly when it comes to that. But I appreciate you not only talking about it, but bringing it into reality as far as how it relates to business principles. So, that anybody could get some value from this episode. So, guys, if you're out there listening, write down something you knew or you, you learn, not you knew, write down something you learned uh, and share it with somebody who you knows so they can hold you accountable. Because there were so many great things in this episode from the principles of negotiation to how we serve people to how we have to film it. And share it with somebody you knows so that you can start taking steps for freedom because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode.